In today's show, I'm going to be breaking down the latest Bitcoin technical analysis and quoting the high priest of Bitcoin, Max Kaiser. Bitcoin is the new New Testament. Adjust your thinking accordingly. Also, breaking news just in. The Bitcoin difficulty soars to another record. 62.46 trillion. That's a pretty massive difficulty. Also in today's show, the CME becomes the second largest Bitcoin futures exchange as open interest continues surging. Also in today's show, F the regulators, says SBF behind closed doors. According to this report, little did I know SBF was such a gangster talking about the regulators. And speaking of regulators, Gary Gensler's Bitcoin ETF position is inconsistent. According to the chairman himself, Gary Gensler, in a video which surfaced with him back in 2019. Also in today's show, Bitcoin is about to get ready for a parabolic leg up, sending Bitcoin to new all-time highs. According to crypto strategists, I'll be breaking down his latest targets, as well as the former Goldman Sachs executive, Raul Powell, says retail will front-run the VCs and institutions before the crypto explosion. He also predicts that exponential age for crypto amid the recent Bitcoin bull market. We'll also be taking a look at the overall crypto market. All this plus so much more in today's show. Yo, what's good, crypto fam? This is first and foremost a video show. So if you want the full premium experience with video, visit my YouTube channel at CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Again, that's CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Now, welcome, everyone. This is podcast episode number 1446. I'm your host, JV, and today is October 30th, 2023, the day before the birthday of Bitcoin, which is on Halloween, and kick off today's show with our market watch as we do each and every day. Checking out here, we can see on Coin360, Bitcoin is consolidating, currently trading above 34,400, down just 1% for the day, with the Bitcoin dominance, as you can see, is above 52%. We have Ether barely holding on to $1,800, while Solana, XRP, and Cardano are breaking out and in the green. But this is just the one day. Sometimes we've got to zoom out for some perspective. In the past seven days, Bitcoin is up a whopping almost 15%. Solana up almost 20%. Ether up 8%. XRP up 11%. And BNB up almost 5%. Again, when in doubt, zoom out. Let's look for the past month. Bitcoin is up almost 28% in the past 30 days. Not too shabby for the king crypto. Ether up 8%. Solana up a whopping 71%. And Cardano up over 20%. Can you say bull? And checking out coinmarketcap.com, the current crypto market cap stands tall at $1.27 trillion, with roughly $38 billion in volume in the past 24 hours. we got the Bitcoin dominance at 52.8% and the Ether dominance on the decline at 17% even currently. And checking out the top 100 crypto gainers of the past 24 hours, we have ThorChain up 14%. We have Arweave up 10% and Cosmos up 7.5%. And checking out the top gainers for the past week, Pepe is up 51%, Conflux up 42%, and Gala up 41%. Pretty massive gains overall for the altcoin market. And checking out Crypto Bubbles, it shows us the top gainers for the past week. We have PLS up almost 18%, along with Hex up almost 11%, Rune up 15%, and RLB up 12%. And checking out for the weekly, you can see massive gains again. Checking out for the monthly, even more massive gains. And let's check out the yearly. Hold 
Holy moly, cause is up 2,600%. What about the market cap plus the weekly? You can see the king is the biggest bubble up over 10%. Let's freaking go. And checking out the crypto greed and fear index. We're currently rated a 68 in greed. Yesterday, a 72. Last week, a 53. And last month, a 47, which is neutral. So there you have it, fam. Now let's dive into today's Bitcoin technical analysis. Check out the charts where the Bitcoin price action is likely to go next shall we? Here we go. The bullish momentum that propelled Bitcoin's price to a year-to-date high continues into its third week as the price action presses towards that $35,000 handle. The current high for the year is 35.2, just FYI. Now, some notable developments that back the current bullish momentum are as follows. Number one, the forming of a golden cross between the 50-day moving average and the 200-day moving average on the daily time frame. And number two, liquidity maps from Decent Trader and Kingfisher highlighting the potential for a short squeeze between the 36.3 and 40,000 range. That's if the Bitcoin price manages to blitz to that 36. 300 level. And as shared here on Decent Trader, still a good amount of liquidity for Bitcoin between the current price all the way up to 39,500. Send it. How do you think we're likely to finish this month of October? Let me know your thoughts, fam, and I'll read them out loud in a bit. Also, the options market data highlights a shift in the investor sentiment and positioning. So Bitcoin options data appears confluent with the perspective that further price upside could be in store, suggesting a potential extensive of last week's gamma event. Uh, culminating with the Bitcoin price rallying to 35, 280, the local yearly high. Now, the data also shows the possibility for a gamma event in the 35 to 40,000 range. Send it, let's go, as investors' positioning has shifted accordingly. And in the past week, daily option volumes across derivative markets have surged, leading the big picture podcast hosts to share the following. Paradigm had its best day ever by 70% in terms of volume. And adding to the conversation, we had Kelly Greer, head of America's sales at Galaxy, who shared the following, the flows we have seen reflect everything that's illustrated here and what's in the market in a listed space. An uptick month over month from quarter three to quarter four, interest in the calls that we have been highlighting. And as we started highlighting this short gamma, the noticeable difference between Bitcoin and ETH in early October actually was the first time we started talking about this. It was incredible to see that play out once we got the catalyst for the spot to break, but it's in range and it seems to be chasing in the spot. And C spot settled down in the mid 30 from when we started talking about it was in the mid 25s. We have seen interest and upside now that the volume is higher and the call screws are a little elevated. Seeing those strikes roll out so that the peak gamma at that time when we would discuss this in early October was roughly 32,000. Now it's around 36 to 40,000. And from the perspective of TA, traders are eyeballing the bull pennant pattern. Now, this formed on the daily time frame, along with the birth of a golden cross, which we all know is bullish catalyst as outlined here, and the Bitcoin one-day daily chart. So for the short term, the catalyzing move to be on the watch for is whether or not the Bitcoin price move through 36.3 leads to escalating pressure on the shorts. And if this triggers a rapid uptick in spot buying volumes as options and perpetual future traders are forced to cover their positions or face liquidation. Essentially, one would see the aggregated short liquidation surge as the spot volume peaks, a process that is documented
documented in the following chart. And according to Alex Thorne, the head of firm-wide research at Galaxy, the Bitcoin gamma squeeze from last week can happen again. That's if Bitcoin moves higher to 35750 to 36000 option dealers will need to buy $20 million in spot Bitcoin for every 1% upside move, which could cause the explosiveness in which we begin to move up to those levels. So there you have it. Let me know if you agree or disagree with the crypto analysts. And quoting Max Kaiser, the high priest, Bitcoin is the new New Testament. So adjust your thinking accordingly. Preach. And as I pointed out here, the Bitcoin difficulty has soared to a record 62.46 trillion. And as we all know, as the fundamentals and the network gets stronger and stronger, Bitcoin just becomes that much more secure. So it's a beautiful thing. Now let's break down our next story of the day and discuss this difficulty hitting an all-time high, which is a great indicator for the network. Here we go. After 6.47% increase October 16th, the Bitcoin difficulty has risen again. October 29th, uh, the block height of 814,464, the network saw a 2.35% boost in difficulty, moving from 61 trillion to a new high of 62.46 trillion. Soon we're going to be in the quintillion range like the hash rate. This development has made mining Bitcoin block rewards more challenging than at any previous point in Bitcoin history. But despite this increased complexity, the miners remain unfazed. That's right. Sustaining a total hash rate of just above 450 a quintillion exahashes per second, which is outrageous. Currently, the block times remain below the 10-minute average, with data indicating speeds ranging from 9 minutes and 17 seconds to slightly above the 9-minute mark per block. A total of 42 mining pools are contributing to a minimum of 3 gigahashes per second to the Bitcoin blockchain. Furthermore, nearly 17 pools boast upwards of 1 exahash per second of hash power dedicated to the Bitcoin mining. And in October 30th, today, around 26 mining pools are operating with approximately 1 petahash per second of hash power. A mere 48 hours ago, Antpool held the reins as the predominant mining pool. However, recent statistics reveal the fa that Foundry had taken the lead, boasting 27% of the total hash. And Antpool is following closely behind with 26.58%. Now together, these two pools govern a staggering 53.6% of the network's entire hash rate. And over the past week, Foundry and Antpool have locked in a close race in terms of the hash, with Foundry slightly ahead as of October 30th, with 120 exahashes per second compared to Antpool's 118 exahashes per second. So there you have it, fam. I mean, this is a sign of the times. The network couldn't be more strong than it is right now and more secure. And it's only going to continue to hit new all-time highs throughout this bull, as we all know. And the Bitcoin tends to follow the hash rate, as Max Kaiser has been calling. In fact, as I quoted him the other day on X, Max says the current hash rate indicates that the Bitcoin price right now should be in the mid $300,000 range. So he's ultimately saying with this hash rate, currently we should be at a $350,000 Bitcoin price action. He's also calling two hundred and twenty. 20,000 as the short-term target currently in play. Let me know if you agree or disagree with the high priest of Bitcoin, Max Kaiser. Now let's dive into our next story of the day and discuss the CME futures, which is uh, making big moves here, uh, becoming the second largest Bitcoin futures exchange as open interest continues surging. That's right. The Chicago Mercantile Exchange, better known as the CME, which is a regulated derivatives exchange that lists Bitcoin futures, now stands just behind Binance 
lives in terms of notional open interest to rank second in the list of BTC future exchanges. How many of you have used CME futures before? Do let me know. And how many of you have used Binance futures? Let me know in that chat. Now, the CME open interest recently hit $3.58 billion yesterday, October 30th, pushing the regulated derivatives exchange platform to jump two positions from the previous week. The CME overtook Bybit and OKX with $2.6 billion and $1.78 billion worth of open interest, respectively, and is just a few million away from overtaking Binance's $3.9 billion. Pretty awesome. The standard Bitcoin futures contract offered by the CME is valued at 5 BTC, just FYI, while the micro contract is worth a tenth of a Bitcoin, which I guess would be 0.1 Bitcoin, right? Now, perpetual futures instead of the ordinary futures contracts are the main focus of open interest in offshore exchanges as they come without an expiration date and use the funding rate method to maintain their price parity along with the market price. Now, the Bitcoin open interest refers to the total number of outstanding Bitcoin futures or options contracts available in the market. It measures the amount of money invested into Bitcoin derivatives at any given time. The open interest measures the capital flowing in and out of the market. If more capital flows to the Bitcoin futures, the open interest will increase. However, if capital flows out, then the open interest declines. Hence, the increase in open interest reflects the bullish sentiment, whereas a decline in open interest indicates bearish sentiment. Now, the CME's rising open interest not only helped regulated futures exchange to climb to the second spot amongst futures crypto exchanges, but also saw its cash-settled future contracts exceed 100,000 BTC in volume. Just imagine what's going to be done when we get the spot Bitcoin ETF. Say goodbye to derivatives. We're going to have that true price discovery for the first time in ETF history, fam. You don't realize how big of a deal this is. We'll talk about it a little later. The rising interest of traders in the Bitcoin future market has also propelled the CME to attain 25% of the Bitcoin futures market share. A majority chunk of investments into the CME futures has come via standard future contracts, indicating an influx of institutional interest as Bitcoin registered the massive double-digit surge in October, helping it reach the new one-year high of above 32 thousand dollars. So there you have it, fam. By a show of hands, I am just curious how many of you have dabbled in futures? How many of you are trading Bitcoin futures? Just for the newbies out there, I would suggest staying away from it as the majority of these future traders are absolutely getting wrecked against the market. Makers trading with leverage is extremely risky, and I cannot stress that enough, especially when there is extreme volatility in the market. And every bullish cycle expect extreme volatility. That's why so many leveraged positions, whether shorts or longs, are all getting wrecked. So be very careful, fam, especially when trading with leverage. Now let's discuss the latest with Sam Bankman-Fried, who has been testifying in court. Hopefully we get some resolution soon with how this all plays out. But very interesting, he has said some very alarming things behind closed doors, which makes me believe maybe this fraudster was also a gangster, right? He said, F the regulators. It's almost hard to believe. But nonetheless, let's break this baby down, shall we? This is the man, the myth, the legend right here, the scamster, the mini Madoff, as we like to call him here on the channel. So here we go. Despite publicly supporting drafting crypto regulation to protect customers, disgraced crypto exchange FTX founder SBF uh, appears to have shared a deep disdain for regulators. Things that make you go, 
Hmm. During SBF's ongoing criminal trial, their assistant prosecutor, Danielle Sassoon, inquired if the crypto executive could recall his previous Twitter statements regarding his support of blockchain regulation to protect customers. Here's what he responded. I don't remember, SBF said. And she asked, but in private, you said F the regulators, right? And here's what Bankman Fried responded with. I said that once. Among other profanities, whoa. <laughs> the former crypto executive also stated he viewed a subset of people on crypto Twitter as dumb mofos. Wow. Before his arrest, SBF testified in 2021, hearing before the U.S. House Financial Services Committee on crypto regulation. Therefore, he thinks he is better than everyone else. He's calling everyone else on Twitter dumb mofos. Why? Because we don't commit crimes like you do, you dirty piece of ish. Just saying. Anyways, you said it. Regulators was PR. Asked to soon. SBF responded, I said something like that. And during the additional questioning, SBF also claimed that the benefits of helping draft crypto regulation, including a assisting in FTX taking market share from competitor exchange Binance. And before FTX collapsed last November, SBF revealed that the exchange, along with sister hedge fund Alameda Research, held close to $15 billion in customer deposits, with $10 billion reported missing. Where'd that $10 billion go, SBF? Good question. November 8th of 2022, the Binance founder CZ signed the letter of intent to acquire FTX. The deal clearly fell apart the day later after Binance reportedly viewed the FTX books, discovering the asset discrepancy. SBF recalled that November 7th last year, customer net withdrawals amounted to 4 billion bucks or 100 times the volume of an average trading day, sending the company into a deep liquidity crisis. There was a run-up. Everyone was withdrawing their funds. And then the next day, would they file for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, which is crazy, you know what I mean, to say the least. Now, the criminal trial of XBF is ongoing, expected to wrap up by early this week. How do you think this will likely play out? For Sam Bankman-Fried, Caroline Ellison, Gary Wang, and the rest of the executives over at, you know what I mean, uh, uh, FTX. Personally, I, I'm kind of like convinced that SBF is going to get away with this some way, somehow. But I'd love to know your thoughts. For example, right now, Biden is president. What if he gets, hypothetically speaking, five years and 10 years of probation? or maybe zero years in prison and 20 years of probation, and then Mr. Uh, you know, Biden comes along and pardons him, and he gets off the hook clean and has no consequences. Nothing would surprise me because he was donating so much money. He was the second largest campaign donor to the Democratic Party, and they take care of their own kind. I'm just saying. Well, we'll see how it plays out. I'll be keeping you guys posted, of course, with the latest updates as they are delivered. Next, let's discuss Mr. Gary Gensler, the sheriff of crypto, the chairman of the SEC. Did you know in 2019, a video just surfaced of him talking about why the SEC has not approved a spot Bitcoin ETF? It's not consistent considering they're approving futures ETFs. You can't make this stuff up. So let's break this baby down. And if you think Gary Gensler should get fired, I want to see hashtag fire Gensler. Put that in the live chat. We'll see how many of you agree. So yeah, here we go. Gary Gensler once criticized the United States SEC for its inconsistent approach to spot Bitcoin products, according to the resurfaced video of Gensler from 2019. This video clip, which you can see here on your screen, which has recently made the rounds again on social media, shows the pre-SEC Gensler discussing blockchain regulation at the 2019 
2019 MIT Bitcoin Expo in a fireside chat with the U.S. SEC Commissioner, Crypto Mom, Hester Pierce. Shout out to Crypto Mom. Quoting them here, uh, Gary, Bitcoin futures and I think Ethereum futures and so forth will exist and Bitcoin ETFs have not. And that feels a little inconsistent to me. It feels a little inconsistent, Gensler said. Even though the laws aren't exactly the same, they're quite similar, Gary Gensler added. Hmm. Now, meanwhile, on X, the crypto community couldn't help but highlight the contrast with Gensler's views towards the spot Bitcoin ETF. Now, I'm going to actually play this video and react to it live on the uncensored crypto news alerts after party on Rumble. So stay tuned, fam. Anyways, here's what uh, she, they, they are saying on X. Gary Gensler says Gary Gensler is wrong. <laughs> Market analyze, Zach Bowell posted, we missed out on chill and normal Gensler. That's right. Gensler was actually a good guy at one point before he got recruited into the SEC. So, you know, he was working with, you know, the powers that be as a head over at Goldman Sachs as well. And I believe Gary is already worth north of $100 million. And I almost feel like he has to pay back his cronies. Hence, he's working as a chairman of the SEC. Clearly doesn't need the money, right? Now, to date, the SEC had only approved Bitcoin and Ether future ETFs. And since as far back as 2017, the SEC rejected spot Bitcoin ETF apps, a tradition carried under Gary Gensler, I wonder why, who has denied, delayed, or pushed back recent spot Bitcoin ETF apps and claiming the funds don't have protections for market manipulation, which we all know is nothing more than FUD. Gensler's SEC was sued by asset manager Grayscale for rejecting its bid to convert its existing Bitcoin trust into a spot Bitcoin ETF. A court ruled the SEC was arbitrary to reject the application and the SEC did not appeal that decision. Why is that? Because they can't. They have no firm ground or foundation to stand on. They know they're in the wrong. So kudos to GBTC, Barry Silbert, and their parent company, Genesis, for actually going after the SEC and actually getting, you know what I mean, a V and giving Gary and the SEC a big fat L. All right, fam. Now let's break down our next story of the day. Now that we discuss uh, Gary Gensler, now we need to discuss actually um, a very big prediction, right? And uh, this is actually a bonus story before we get into the latest from Ra'u Pao. So let's first uh, break this one down. I forgot I had this bonus story for you today, right? Yeah, here we go. Bitcoin is about ready for a parabolic leg up, according to crypto strategists. And here are his targets. Let's break this down. A trader who continues to build a following with his timely Bitcoin calls as of late, thanks to Crypto King, is gearing up for a parabolic surge. Let me know if you agree or disagree with the analysts. We're talking about credible crypto. He shared Bitcoin appears to have printed the local bottom after touching a diagonal support of a bullish pennant pattern at 33.4. The crypto strategist shared a chart suggesting Bitcoin will rally to about 39,000 first, send it, and end its major third wave surge before consolidating and rallying above 48,000 in the first two weeks of November. So there's the bold call. Do you think Bitcoin will rally to 48,000 in the first two weeks of November? Let me know. Here's what he shared. The current consolidation structure is forming a series of lower highs and higher lows. A triangle structure, which is an impulsive move, is only found in the fourth wave. This adds further credence to our count off the bottom and gives us a clear invalidation point at 33,400 as well. If this is correct, our local bottom is in and we're about to launch into the 
fifth red sub wave pictured in this chart, which you can see right here on your screen. Credible practices and is referring to the Elliott wave theory, which is an advanced technical analysis approach, which tries to predict the future price action, which follows the crowd psychology that tends to manifest in waves. And according to the theory, a bullish asset goes through five major waves with each wave having its own five sub waves. Now with Bitcoin trading above 34,000 at this time, Credible Crypto's chart suggests the Bitcoin has broken out of its bullish pennant pattern and is en route to around 39,000 for the sub wave final five of wave three. The crypto strategist also notes the Bitcoin has been recently outperforming the tech stocks and says Bitcoin looks poised for a big burst to the upside. Quoting him again, tech stocks look like hot garbage here, while Bitcoin has just broken out of a multi-month consolidation structure and is looking to go parabolic. In before much decoupling, it's all over crypto Twitter, now known as X. So there you have it, fam. Let me know if you agree or disagree with Credible Crypto, and do you think we can hit $48,000? That's another $14,000 surge from here within two weeks as we enter Moonvember, yay or nay? Let me know your honest thoughts in the comments right down below. Now let's break down our featured story of the day, shall we? And discuss the Bitcoin price action going parabolic, this bull market, according to the macro guru, Raul Pau. Here we go. The former executive says retail will front run VCs and institutions before the crypto explosion. That's what's up. He says retail investors have a chance to get ahead of the venture capitalists and blue chip investors before the big crypto markets skyrocket. In a brand new interview on the overpriced JPEGs pod, the former Goldman Sachs exec says for the first time, the retail traders are scooping up crypto assets before institutional investors place their positions. How many of you got the opportunity to front run all the major institutions as well? Doesn't it feel good? Quitting him here. We have never been given the opportunity to own the infrastructure layer and own it before the institutions. I always talk about this. We are front running the institutions and it's not like it's some mass illusion or delusion. I know because I speak to them all day. They're all coming. All the investors are coming and we get the privilege for the first time in our lives to own this because everything else is venture capital. Now, the early stage is VC, and to invest in VC, you need to be an accredited investor. Not only that, but most VC funds won't take you unless you have got a certain amount of capital. Facts. So it just knocks everyone out of the actual largest part of the economic high that gets made. It's a club, folks, and you're not in it. Thank God for Bitcoin. And then eventually something goes public and only a few of those companies make a lot of money. So we're disadvantaged as ordinary people. So Raul Powell goes on to describe the risk curve associated with digital assets, saying it is very much like the risk curve of traditional assets during tough market times. He also likens Ethereum to the US economy, a growing ecosystem rife with activity. Quitting him here, right now, as the economy slows down, the Fed starts cutting. People will buy treasury bills, bonds, and then they'll buy corporate bonds. Then they'll buy the junk bonds. Then they'll buy emerging market junk bonds. And then they'll just buy the private credit. That's the risk curve. It's exactly the same in crypto. That's the first part of the crypto spring. People buy Bitcoin. And when they get a bit of confidence and things are working, they go down to Ethereum and Ethereum starts outperforming Bitcoin. Well, previous cycles, I don't know about this cycle. Before you know it, you start going down the risk curve. The good projects, Solana or whatever in the middle, like Polygon Matic or whatever else starts doing well, then you go down to the cowboy land and you go to everything. That's 
the risk curve. So what's really interesting is once you start to understand that crypto is an economy, it's just a digital nation state. And Ethereum is actually the larger of the nation states. The Bitcoin economy has more money, but actually it's like Switzerland, right? Just like old people storing their money. Well, Ethereum, there's a lot of stuff going on. And so the Ethereum economy acts like the US economy. There you have it coming directly from the macro guru. And to watch this video, he did entitled Raul Powell's quarter four plus 2024 prediction. Check the show notes below the video in the description, but it doesn't end there. He more recently predicted an exponential age for crypto amid the recent bull markets. Let's break this one down as well. According to Raul Powell, we're on the cusp of a significant bull run for digital assets, ushering in what he describes as the exponential age, a time of swift and substantial technological advancements. As he shared here on X, the exponential age theme continues, well, exponentially. The exponential age basket is up over 60% year to date. That's what's up. And this was as of June 21st. He also shares here, my thesis is crypto will outperform tech and tech will outperform all the other equities. Bitcoin is now up 75% year to date. This was published on June 21st. And as he points out here regarding Ethereum, Ethereum is up 53% and is ready to break out soon. He also shared that many individual names that form a large part of my thesis are off to a ludicrously good start for the year, which includes Tesla up 162%. And he goes and uh, lists some more like semiconductors up 56%, et cetera, et cetera. And delving into Powell's insights, he contends that tech stocks will overshadow other types of investments, but cryptos, particularly Bitcoin, are poised to take the center stage. That's right, because Bitcoin is the king, for Christ's sake. Now, another notable validation of his thesis is Ethereum's recent performance. Ethereum is inching closer to a significant milestone, nearing the critical price point of roughly $2,000. And according to Powell's observations in the broader tech sector, his analysis pinpoints significant wins, including Tesla that I pointed out boasting 160% increase for the year, while Vanex Semiconductor Exchange Traded Fund, SMH, has risen nearly 60% on the year. The these figures align with Powell's theory that the tech stocks will outperform other equities. Let me know if you agree or disagree. Now, furthermore, he postulates that the new bull market cycle commenced back in October, although this cycle may witness periodic corrections. He foresees the crypto market reaching new annual highs. That's what's up. As he shares here, this is all the confluence between the everything code and the exponential age and is my core focus for this cycle, which I think we started in October when liquidity bottomed. Now, Powell also believes that as technology stocks correct, cryptos will record new annual highs. Let me know if you agree or disagree that we are in that exponential age. And what are your thoughts on Raul Powell's predictions? I also watched some of his more recent interviews, and he is predicting the Bitcoin market and the market cap in general to 10 to 20x. And you do the math. Just a 10x on Bitcoin by itself would symbolize a $340,000 Bitcoin price. If we were to 20x, holy moly, we're talking about $680,000 per BTC. Also got to point out, though, I also heard him say that he is not a big holder in Bitcoin anymore. Ironic enough, he is all in on Solana, which blows my mind. Now, lo and behold, Solana is one of the top gainers for the past month, but I always looked since the collapse of FTX and all the venture capitalists that were using Solana and pumping it up along with, you know, the criminals over on Wall Street makes you wonder. I just lost a lot of 
respect and credibility for Solana. So when I heard Raul Powell say 80% of his portfolio is in Solana, I'm like, this guy has gone crazy. Why is he ishcoining like that? Literally, he used to be very pro-Bitcoin. Then he took the stance of kind of like anti-Bitcoin and anti-Maxi, which is a little alarming and shocking to me. But I'd love to know your thoughts on Raul Powell. Do you feel his prediction could be accurate? How do you think, uh, you know, what is he thinking to hold 80% of Solana and not to be holding Bitcoin? And it doesn't mean he doesn't hold any Bitcoin. He could be holding tens of millions of dollars worth of Solana, but to say 80% of his portfolio is in an ish coin is a little alarming to say the least. Shout out to Digital Pancake. I appreciate that subscription. Much love and much respect. And don't forget to check out CryptoNewsAlerts.net for the full premium experience with video and to participate in our live Q&A. And I look forward to seeing you on tomorrow's episode. HODL.